I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Today's topic comes from a listener. The listener writes, Dear Dr. Janelle, I have a coworker that I really don't like. I just don't like her, but I have to work with her. We're on the same team. Other people in my company seem to like her just fine. In fact, she has a lot of friends at work and people think she's charming and funny, (laughs) but I'm just irritated by her. Every little thing she says and does gets on my nerves. I like all the other people on my team and I'm friends with some of them outside of work. As far as I can tell, this person that I don't like does her job well. We work on projects together once in a while, which happens, of course, because we're on the same team and her work is fine. I just don't like her, and I would prefer not to work with her if I had the choice. I'm finding myself declining invitations to work lunches and happy hours if I know that she's going to be there, and then I feel left out, even though it's my own doing. So I'm reaching out to you to find out what I should do. Sincerely, Disliking in Dallas. (laughs) Well, disliking in Dallas, first of all, I want to put your mind at ease. It's okay not to like someone, even if it's a coworker, even if it's your boss, and even if everyone else seems to like them just fine. In one of my training classes, I talk about affinity bias. This is when we unintentionally favor someone that we work with because we like them. And affinity bias is a coin that has two sides, so the reverse is also true. We might unintentionally disfavor someone that we don't particularly like. I have participants in this workshop jot down the names of the people that they manage, or if they're not in a management position, their coworkers. And then I ask them on a scale of one to five, where five is, if we didn't know each other from work, I'd be friends with this person if I'd had a chance to meet them. And one is, I don't care if I never spend another minute with this person in their presence. And I have the participants rate everybody on that scale of one to five. Then I advise them that the ones and the fives are where they need to look for affinity bias. The fives, of course, are the ones that we like and enjoy spending time with. We are likely to favorably treat them in our interactions with them at work. And if we're managers, we might be assigning them favorable projects or overlooking when they're late with something, chalking it up to an anomaly. Basically, we assume positive intent. On the other hand, with the ones, we might assign less favorable projects to them or presume the worst if they're late with their assignment. And it could show up in our performance evaluations as well, overestimating the work of those that we favor and underestimating the work of those that we disfavor. And as an aside, when I'm teaching this workshop in Minnesota, which is where I live, I tell people to check themselves on the ones, twos, and fives. 
You see, we have this thing called Minnesota nice, which is more or less passive aggressive behavior. And we might say something like, oh, I'd never give somebody a one, a two maybe. (laughs) So I have them check themselves on the ones and twos for those that they may be disfavoring. And for the participants in the workshop who say, oh, I treat everyone the same. I would never give preferential treatment or treat someone worse if I didn't like them. (laughs) And to those people, I say, you need to pay extra special attention to this because you don't think you have biases. We all do. It's simply part of the human condition. And for you, disliking in Dallas, I'm going to double down with you on the notion that it's okay not to like this person. You don't need to like this person and you don't need to feel bad about it. Whether it's a coworker, your boss, an employee who reports to you, a neighbor, a friend, or a friend of a friend, we're not wired to like everyone. But at work, not liking them might get in the way of your work relationship and in getting the work done. And that's not good, as we can see from affinity bias. So let's dig into the circumstances of not liking someone at work. First of all, it's not uncommon to not like a coworker or even someone who directly directly reports to you if you're a manager. Don't feel guilty about it. Getting trapped in negative thinking and guilt is not going to help anything. If we liked everyone the same, there'd be no distinction between our very best friends, our inner circle, if you will, and casual acquaintances. It's perfectly fine to like some people more than others, even if they're your coworkers. And it's quite common. Now, just to be clear, I'm talking about a person that you just don't happen to like, like disliking in Dallas. I'm not talking about someone who is overly antagonistic toward you, someone who is bullying you, or someone who is undermining your work. That's an entirely different issue. And that doesn't seem to be what disliking in Dallas is experiencing. So, Going back to that coworker that disliking in Dallas doesn't particularly like, here are three steps to manage and deal with the situation. Step one, separate the work from the person. Set your affinity aside. First, you have to identify that you have some level of affinity. Remember that one to five scale that I mentioned? Well, note that this person is a one or a two on your scale. And that that's okay. Then look at their work, quality, quantity, maybe both, whatever's important in your line of work. Keep your focus on the work. Presumably they're working at at least an average performance level. And if they're only at performance level and no better, don't hold that against him. There's no harm in meeting minimum expectations. Step two. Manage your emotions. You are 100% responsible for how you show up in the workplace and in your interactions with others. As you think through the idea of affinity bias, do your best to not let the disliking of this person seep in around the edges through your emotions. It's very easy to be dismissive or disrespectful to someone that you don't like. But this is at work. So make sure you are maintaining professionalism. An easy place to look and a good place to start is with email. Take a look at past emails that you've sent to this person. Assess them for relational content and tone. 
And what I mean by that is, do you say good morning in your email? If you regularly start off and end your email correspondence with friendly greetings to your other colleagues, but you don't do that to this person, then you're letting your dislike of them get in the way. Additionally, read your emails to them for tone. Is it the same tone that you'd use when you send emails to others on your team? Now, don't necessarily compare it with a close work friend, but rather someone who is of average interest and liking to you. If you notice that your tone is more curt, direct, clipped, or rough around the edges, it's likely that you're not managing your emotions as well as you could. Look also to your in-person interactions with them, whether that's in online meetings or in in in-person meetings. Do you smile at others, but not at them? Do you nod in agreement with others, but never with them, even and especially when you do agree with them? We want to make sure that you are not inadvertently disfavoring them because of your bias. That's going to compromise your professionalism and get in the way of working together. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Step three, don't take it personally and don't make it personal. First, don't take it personally. Be compassionate with yourself and absolve yourself of guilt, any guilt that you might feel about not liking this person. It's totally okay to not like everyone. Think back to when you were in kindergarten or first grade. Did you like everyone then? Probably not. There were probably some kids that you found irritating then, or if not irritating, just some kids that you didn't connect with, even if other kids in your class liked them a whole lot. And that was okay, just like it's okay now. I know it can seem like more of a challenge when other people seem to gravitate toward this person who irritates you, but you can rise above it and remind yourself, (laughs) it takes all kinds of people to make the world go round. On a very tactical level, when you feel yourself getting riled up about this coworker and what you don't like about them, take a breath and remind yourself that it's okay. It's okay not to like them. And don't make it personal. You were hired to do a job. They were hired to do a job. Neither of you were hired to make friends with each other. So don't make it personal. If you find yourself making it personal, refocus on the people in your actual personal life. (laughs) Double down on them. Remind yourself how wonderful they are and refocus on making them the center of your social and emotional world. Now, Disliking in Dallas didn't ask me about this, but I do want to give some advice on what to do if you do want to start liking this person a little bit, 
or to make the situation more tolerable. So here are three easy strategies for beginning to transcend your dislike. The first strategy, find common ground. Perhaps you're both dog owners or parents, or you both grew up in small towns. When we find common ground, others don't seem quite so abominable, irritating, or offensive. In fact, this is a great strategy for going from disliking someone to at least a state of neutrality. After all, if you're a dog lover and they're also a dog lover, they can't be that bad, now can they? Strategy number two, focus on what this person does well. Look for evidence that they produce quality work and that they do a good job, professionally speaking, and be grateful for their contribution to your team. This will help temper your irritation and you may even find that your gratitude starts to shift your mindset about them. Strategy number three. This strategy is a technique that I'll borrow from the field of meditation. It's called the loving kindness meditation. And it goes like this. First, you bring the person to mind and then you either think or say these three simple sentences. May you be happy. May you be free from suffering. May you live in peace. This is a beautiful process that you can undertake, not just towards the person that you don't like, but towards those that you care deeply about and even, and especially towards yourself. I'll leave you with a quick story of someone that I didn't particularly care for that I worked with years and years ago. I'll call him Ted. I found him to be quirky and irritating. I thought that he talked too much in meetings and mostly he just wanted to hear himself talk. And I didn't think he was a very good listener. There was really nothing wrong with his quality of work, at least from what I could tell, but he was my peer. I wasn't his manager. It was just his personality that I didn't like. We would occasionally be in situations where it made sense for us to talk to one another, like before a meeting started or walking back to our offices after a meeting or in the elevator together, that sort of a thing. So here's what I did. I used the common ground strategy and found a few things that we both had in common. We were both dog owners and he had a new puppy. We liked some of the same music and we were also both parents. He had two daughters and at that time I just had one son and our kids were somewhat close in age. These were easy topics for him to talk about and not too irritating for me to listen to because I could relate and I had an interest in them. Now, when we were in meetings together and he was hogging the floor, I would try something a bit different. I would interject to get somebody else's ideas on the table. For example, I would say, Ted, you make an interesting point. And I think Jeremy probably has some ideas about this too. Jeremy, what do you think? So I was basically interrupting Ted to give the turn in the conversation to someone else. This actually became fun for me, and I thought of stealing the turn from him as a bit of a game. And when I treated it like a game, my perception of him became far less irritating and offensive. And when I implemented the common ground strategy to talk about things that he and I both had an interest in, he also became less irritating and offensive. So disliking in Dallas, I hope you find some peace and solace in your relationship with this person. And as a quick recap, here are the three strategies to follow when you don't like someone at work.
Number one, separate the work from the person. Number two, manage your emotions. And number three, don't take it personally or make it personal. It's okay not to like everyone. And three strategies to use in the event that you actually want to build a bit of a relationship. Number one, find common ground. Number two, have gratitude for what they do well. And number three, do the loving kindness meditation and aim it directly at them. As I sign off today, I want to just give you a quick reminder. Shoot me an email or hit me up on Instagram if you have an idea for a podcast. If you've got a question that you'd like me to answer, much like Disliking in Dallas did, or a specific topic you'd like me to address, or perhaps even someone that you'd like me to interview. Again, you can shoot me an email, you can hit me up on Instagram, or you can hop over to my website, JanelleAnderson.com, where you'll find a contact form and you can fill that out and send it to me. So there's a variety of ways to reach me with your ideas. All right, my friends, until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.